LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, this is JD. Before we jump in to Ask Me Anything for today, I want to tell you about something I'm pretty excited about. You know, small groups typically meet once a week. I would imagine a lot of you are involved in a small group. I am. But life happens every day. And that's why LifeWay created the Daily Discipleship Guide. It's a new addition to the Bible Studies for Life curriculum that gets used at the weekly meeting to to help generate discussion. It also contains five daily devotionals that'll reinforce the learning that you're doing all week long. It's gonna give you a consistent time in God's Word that's gonna help you create the habit of daily Bible reading. There are few things as valuable in my spiritual life as daily getting into the Word of God. It's an essential behavior for growing disciples. And so I'm excited about this resource, and they're a big part of our podcast here and help them make it possible. So if you'll go to BibleStudiesForLife.com slash DDG, you can download four free sessions there of the Daily Discipleship Guide, and I promise you, you won't be sorry. And now I hope you enjoy. Ask me anything. anything honest questions quick answers with pastor jd greer i am your new host matt love and jd we have a great question for my first day in a new job as host of this podcast should i expect to feel satisfied by my job (laughs) so is this a personal counseling question did you slip any counseling should you expect to feel satisfied in this job as host of ask me anything this is very specific no the answer is definitely not I'm going to assume that that question is going to have a little larger context of should the average person feel like they're satisfied? And that's certainly kind of the the tone of how everybody uh, talks today is, oh, you know, if you do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And so the idea is that, uh, you know, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, then, man, I just jump out of bed in the morning with tears in my eyes, tears of joy. I can't wait to get dressed and get to the office after I run seven miles and eat my Wheaties and I just, you know, sing all the day long. And is, is that really what what the sanctified, spirit-filled Christian approach to a job is? Well, the answer is yes and no. Very satisfying. That's Very good. satisfying. Right, that's right. More, I, I would say, I don't know if it's more yes or more no. Let's just say maybe 50-50 on each of them. The yes comes from the idea that God, he created us to work. It's not like, you know, I used to have this vision of heaven of us sitting around in the little like white pillar cloud, you know, clouds and, you know, eating bonbons or whatever and, and uh, you know, shooting a little Nerf bow and arrows and playing hard. But that, that's like, God created us to work. It was in the garden before the fall. And the, the word that was actually used for work is a, is a, a very closely related to worship. It was a way of worshiping God. You know, the, the word technically in, in Hebrew means preparing and developing as if we were a co-creator. You know, the, the world that God created was a, a world of raw materials, and God put man in there as a gardener. Well, even today, even though we're not all gardeners, we, you know, the architect takes the raw materials of sand and stone and whatnot, and he he, he creates buildings for people to live in. Uh, even the lawyer takes principles of justice that God has built into the world, to the universe, and he codifies them into laws. And so, you know, what we've got man in the image of God doing what God himself does, and there's a sense of a fulfillment in that. We are part, and Martin Luther had this great thing he used to say about, you know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we ask for daily bread. Luther said, think about all the different 
ways that God answers that prayer. Who, who's involved in it? You got the, the gardener who grows it. You got the, the person who paves the road and the trucker who drives it and the person who packages it. And all those people are involved in this prayer, give me my daily bread. And so when we are, are working at our job, we should find the sense of fulfillment. There's a scene in a movie I love called Chariots of Fire. It's got this great scene in it. I, I don't know if the scene actually happened or not, but it's got a great concept where basically, you know, Eric Liddell is this runner, but he's called to be a missionary. And so his sister is like, hey, you got to be a missionary. This is what God's called you to do. And Eric's like, listen, you know, yes, God made me to be a missionary, but God also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Whether you're a Christian or not, there's a sense in which you feel this kind of thing at work sometimes, like I was made for this. I was made to do this, and I'm I'm doing what God created me to do, and, and there's a sense that you feel the divine pleasure. So in that sense, there is a a yes. So it's a yes because God has created us to work. That was before the fall. That was something God really intended for us. But obviously, we're asking this question because we don't always feel that. We don't <laughs> no, always no. feel the pleasure of God when we're running or doing whatever we're doing. And right. so where's the no element of that do, come from? Do you from? feel the pleasure of God when you run? Is that <laughs> yeah, Not at all. Not, not at even all. a little I, bit. I feel the curse of God when I run. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, let me just take me out. Here's the no side of it. There's a toil that God said was a curse as a result of our sin. And because of the toil sense of work, then then there's going to be, whether it's dissatisfaction or labor or just hard days. I mean, I, I'm i blessed to know that I really do what I love. I often say, kind of tongue-in-cheek, that if I were to inherit $10 billion next week or tomorrow, next week's schedule would probably look similar to this week's because I get to do what I love. But even in a job where you're doing what you love, there's a sense of like, oh, it's just difficult and you know it's toilsome, and that's just part of the, of the curse. In addition to that, there is a sense in which well, I read this article in The Atlantic. Uh, you're a big fan of The Atlantic yes, magazine, indeed. aren't you? I remember you used to share with me all the time stuff out of it. But um, The Atlantic, he, the guy talked about, he said, you know, the market economy was just not built for with people's personal fulfillment in mind. And the market demands certain things, and people have to do them, and sometimes they're, they're toilsome. And, and just the idea that we should go into work and we're always going to be fulfilled, he said, that's more of a luxury. And it's a luxury especially for people in the Western world who are no longer thinking just how to survive. Mm-hmm. If you ask people 200 years ago when they're barely scraping food together to feed their family, I don't think a lot of them talked in terms of just a oh, deep-level fulfillment. So there's an ideal, but we shouldn't be chained to that ideal as if if I'm not living in that ideal, something's wrong. We're all going to live that ideal in heaven one day. But for now, you know, we're kind of in this situation where, yeah, I'm going to find some fulfillment in my work, but maybe not 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 totally, you know, fully. And, and I think we get we we got to live there. So that's the that's the no part of it is. So when I, people are asking this question, I feel like there's an element of it that's like, well, what if I'm not feeling satisfied with my job? How do I kind of determine is that I'm not living the way God has designed me to live, or is that just kind of the this is the way the world is broken by sin? You know, we're kind of in that already, not yet. So how would you kind of help somebody think through, or what's a good framework to think through? Like, yeah, hey, is this a problem, or is this just the way it is? That's a great. That's a great follow. It depends on what age you are, <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're, you know, if I'm talking to somebody who's 16 or 17 years old, and you know, you're, you're telling them do well in school because the the better you do in school, the the, the more options you're going to have. Right. If you you want to you, you feel fulfillment in working on people's teeth as a dentist, but you're getting straight D's, it's probably not going to be a good career yeah. you know, option for you. So, so you tell them do well and then try to choose something that really does kind of resonate with 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 how God has created you in places where you feel his pleasure. 
I just took my oldest daughter to, um, she did this little, little testing thing down in Atlanta where they just kind of analyzed her. It was like a personality test, but from a vocational sense to say, what really, where, where does she really find fulfillment and, and happiness? What, what brings her joy? You know, I'm encouraging her to choose a, a career there. Jim Collins in the book, Good to Great. He talked about, you know, when, when, when people or when companies really come alive, it's because, you know, a Venn diagram, we got three circles yeah, and we come yeah. together one spot. You visualizing that? I'm, it's in my okay, mind. Because I'm, I'm making the motion with my hands now, but <laughs> not everybody can see that. All right. So you've got, he says, you know, there is what you're, you're, you're good at. That's one circle. What you're passionate about, what you love, and then what there's a market for. And he said, where those three come together, that's your sweet spot as a company. I've heard Tim Keller use the same three circles to talk about how you find even your spiritual gift, what you're good at, yeah. what second circle is what you're passionate about, and then the third one is what how God uses you in other people's lives and, and how they tell you that. I think it's a great little matrix to say, okay, all right, I'm passionate about this, I show some skill in it, and there's a market for it because it doesn't matter if I'm good at it and I'm passionate about it. If nobody's going to buy it, then it's not going to you know feed my family. It should be more of a hobby. And when you find that, that would be the place to do it. So that's if you're young. Now, if you're in your... You know, early thirties, it might be, yeah, hey, maybe you should consider a career change. There's, there's no problem with a, you know, a halftime or in the first quarter, let's switch a game plan. You know, as you get older, those options get more limited. You know, if you're 55 years old and you're like, I, I'm just think I should have been a, you know, in a different career. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> I'm not trying to be overly spiritual or under spiritual. It's just like, well, I don't know what your options are, and you may have to wait to heaven hmm. to get that real job yeah. that real fulfills you. I, I think the key in this, Matt, is what I want to come back to is that there is an ideal, but some of these things we have to wait till heaven. Some people who want to be married remain single on earth, and they're going to find the fulfillment of that yearning and will be in heaven. Some people want to be rich, and we're, we're poor down here, and we'll find that fulfillment in heaven. And some of us want to be really satisfied in our jobs, and God will let us taste a little bit of it, but the ultimate fulfillment of that, all those things is going to happen in heaven. We're created for work but the ultimate fulfillment will be in glory with Jesus. J.D., that's really helpful. And uh, we're wrapping up here, but uh, we hope that after you're done listening to us on this podcast, you should hop on over to the Rainer on Leadership podcast with Tom Rainer and Jonathan Howe. As a part of the LifeWay Podcast Network family, they've recently covered relevant topics like Seven Habits of Highly Effective Preachers, Eight Church Fights That Are Fading, and Four Thoughts on Ordination. So just look up Rainer on Leadership on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And we also wanted to let you know about a new book from Chris Surratt called Leading Small Groups, How to Gather, Launch, Lead, and Multiply Your Small Group. Leading a small group can literally change the world. I can actually trace the foundations of my faith back to a small group that I participated in my junior year of college. And, and Chris Surratt, who's the Discipleship and Small Group Specialist for LifeWay Christian Resources and author of Small Groups for the Rest of Us, just wants to help us build better small groups. And so regardless of whether you have never led a small group before or have been leading them for years, all of us want to know how to create environments where spiritual growth can take place. This is a great guide. There's a lot of follow-up questions, discussion questions, and practical resources. And so we really feel like this book will help small group leaders and churches in their obedience to the Great Commission. And you can get that book right now at LifeWay.com. If you want more from Pastor JD, you can follow him on Twitter at JD Greer or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Pastor Greer. We hope you'll be listening next time on Ask Me Anything with Pastor JD Greer. 